<laughs> Welcome everyone to our latest episode of this one time at OU and we're excited because we have a special guest Adam who is an OU alum currently lives in Austin Texas and went to school with Roz and I at about the same time um, Roz knows Adams Adam and I seem to know a lot of the same people but we don't know each other so excited to learn more Welcome Adam Oh thanks Tim uh, good to hear hear your voice Roz Yes, been, good to talk to you, Adam. It's we definitely been too long. have a lot of memories uh, from <laughs> OU together. Brown Street, at, right? Brown Street and Mound Avenue, and uh, the bands. And it's so funny because I actually have a son there now, which is so fun. He's oh man, that's great. And I think his fro is bigger than <laughs> yours was. <laughs> I he think totally I have a picture. Looks, he totally looks like he would have been one of our friends. He's um, he is digging Athens, that's for sure. I hope he gets good enough grades to stay. <laughs> I'm a little worried about that. He loves it a little too much, but Oh good. You know. That's a good thing. He's got plenty of time, you know. I mean I was on, let's see, eighty five to ninety two, seven years. Seven year plan. Nice. <laughs> nice. That is good. I think you're the longest of someone we've spoken with. Uh, yeah, that's a record for the podcast so far. Yeah. I'm glad to hold that. I've, it's an honor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. What, what you were there. So you were there 85 to 92. Yep, 85 to 92. And uh, where did you live all those years? Where did you okay, start so out at? I started out at Shively. And I'm not quite sure why Shively, but um, uh, so freshman year, Shively Hall which I dug a lot. It was international dorm then. Um, so I hung out with a lot of international guys. Uh, I met more international guys kind of that I hung around with throughout the years than I did, uh, you know, kind of Ohioans or, you know, other Americans. So it was a cool place to be that first year. It was a little off the beaten track too, you know, of um, the East Green mayhem. So I, w- I was not in the thick of that, like, um, man, where, would Where they was Shively? Was that like West Green or something? No, it was East Green, but right, right down the street from that convenience, right down the hill from um, that convenience store, uh, the Oasis. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was like uh, that was Tiffin Hall, wasn't it? That was bo- down at the bottom there. That's the other side near the art building, like right. more towards um, the new Baker now. Okay, I forget. Right. There was a big like a uh, what they call it? like um. You know, when you had those big two or three hundred person classes, that building was right across from Shively. Morton, yeah, Morton yeah, Hall, okay. right? Yeah, I, I know, I know that where you're talking now. And it's funny you mentioned uh, working with international folks. I played at, uh, I played soccer in high school, and OU didn't have a soccer, a varsity team, so I played on the club team, and and I was like the only American on that team. But so it's funny, I had a big international presence my first year as well. Yeah, there were these. Everybody knew the guy at the Oasis. I can't remember his name, but he was big into soccer and he played. And man, he was a real nice guy, but everyone knew him. Right. Yeah, I lived with these Malaysian guys and they'd been engineers in Malaysia working on a railroad project. And, you know, I remember them telling me stories about tigers eating, you know, crew members, you know, in the middle of the night. Like they'd wake up and there'd be a few less people because tigers had (laughs) taken them. And I was like, man. Yeah, I just lived in suburban Massachusetts, you know, there's no story I had that 
Yeah, like, yeah. You weren't international. I mean, you you did have an international flavor to you, I must say, but you weren't like it. You were from the East Coast. So yeah, funny. I was an East Coast kid. They were like, "That's that's uh, that's practically international. We're putting him yeah. in that dorm." Or how did you get in there? He's not from Cleveland. He's out. He's international. <laughs> <laughs> that's where they draw yeah, the line. I, you know, I may have requested. You know, I was talking about this with somebody yesterday. Um, who was I talking to? Oh, Andy Stabora was in town. Um, and neither of us could figure out if we filled out some kind of questionnaire. Like my kids filled out a questionnaire to, you know, and to get in their freshman dorms, all kinds of stuff. There must have been some meager form. And I put, you know, something like that. I was happy to be there. It was a cool place. Uh, that is cool. And I only got, well, it's an interesting story. So first quarter, um, there was a kid there. You know, I had, it was a double. Um a kid from Menor, Ohio, who was really cool. I don't remember his name, um, but he got way into it, way too into it, uh, way into it, way too quick, and was not there the second quarter, which I had the place to myself, which was great. Nice. Third quarter, I come back one day. You know, my place was, you know, it was all done up with. Uh, I'd replaced all the light bulbs with black lights, and I had a. Uh, you know those velvety posters, you know, um, that <laughs> the black light posters, black light nice. posters, you know, fabulous furry freak brothers. And, you know, I'm sure Jimi Hendrix was represented and I'm sure the grateful did. <laughs> right. Anyway, this guy was in there long blonde mullet, um, you know, Confederate flag t-shirt. And, uh, they'd stuck some kid in there. They didn't say anything to me at all. So we go in there, man, me and this kid never said a word to each other the whole time we shared that room, which was not very often. He kind of had somewhere to stay that was I get either off campus or somewhere else. So I, I'm not sure where he hung out. Yeah. And we just made ourselves, we just did not like each other, man. I mean, and that happened without even any kind of communication, you know. Yeah, yeah that's the way. Like, you know, if you meet someone not like you, don't talk to them. Just well, don't like them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just strange. You know, I had the place myself for however many months and they stuck this kid in there. I was just not happy about it, you know. I wouldn't have any of it. And that was bad. Hey, but where'd you live besides Shively? Okay, so Shively, this, um, and then a bunch of us, you know, freaks that had found each other freshman year decided it would be a really good idea to all go live in a mod in South Green. And so there was probably, God, um, 15 of us, um, Bruce Bigelow, Frank Clark, Tim Henry, uh, Noel Rockwood, me, Mark Lauschi, um, Chris Henry, um, ah, Jackie awesome. Jackie Casey at the time. That um, would have been a fun, fun mod. <laughs> so, you know, day one we go in there, um, and I guess I'll speak for myself. Nobody else that I just mentioned was any part of any of the rest of the story. And so we probably had, you know, we brought a keg. You know, put that out in the mod somewhere. You know, a big pile of weed in a bong sitting right out in the open. And uh, <laughs> R.A. Uh, Leland. His first name was Leland. I don't, I don't think we ever got much off the first name basis. He uh, he came in and was like, you know, guys, guys, this is a quote. Almost literally, you know, you can't do that. You got to put the keg in the bathroom and you got to put that weed in somebody's dorm room. And so I... <laughs> It pretty much went downhill from there. We had um, <laughs> that oh, is one cool RA. I'm 
Yeah, and that's he just, why you remember his name because I can't remember a single RA's name, but you remember because he I, was freaking cool. <laughs> he made himself scarce after that. I think he that flashed was- on heavy weather ahead, and so he just didn't hang around a whole lot. Uh, I do remember him coming back. Eh, I'm not going to tell that story. Um, <laughs> let's see. So the Ozoner lived with us for a while. Um, Carolina Peaches practiced up there. So this. Um, this what, went on for... What mod? Uh, do you remember what dorm it was? Smith House, fourth floor. They just uh, tore it down, actually. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. I lived in Armbruster, right by there. Yep. And, where, Roz, where did you live? South I Park. was in Martoff, oh, so yeah. I was in South Dane, yeah. too. Yeah, Martoff has gone, too, I think. What year did you start, Mar- uh, Roz? I was a year behind you. I started oh, in okay. So, um, oh, Sean Pogue was in there as well. So... Me and Suspect One both made it onto um, the uh, bad boys list by getting caught smoking weed either in the mod or out in the um, green area. Also, um, me and Suspect One were on Dean's list, all all three quarters that we lived out in Smith House. So nice. The people that doled out the punishment were also the people that had to have the party for the Dean's list people. So we showed up twice, once to um, get our essay topic which I forget what it was, and the other to have, I think, cupcakes and, like, punch, <laughs> you know, for being on Dean's List. So yeah, Smith know. House eventually imploded. I don't think any of us, well, probably a third of us had started, finished it out. I forget where, I, I ended up leaving. Um, Mark Lauschy and Noel both got kicked out for an impromptu. They brought us, st- uh, maybe on the steps of Smith or one of those houses, like, had a... Uh, some kind of raised walkway with stairs, and they set their band up there and played, and that was enough to get them booted out of there. Oh. Yeah, there was a walkway between them, like about four, a bunch of them, I think, yeah. walked around. Yeah. I remember we, we took the walkway to eat, I think. Okay, oh, so yeah, that... they're still there. Um, so that was it for me and campus. Uh, <laughs> we've, remember those uh, stamps that were all over, when I think of those walkways... What was that Bob thing or something? Right, so stamp with the I Bob. can't remember. So yeah, so there's a book, The Church of the Subgenius, which, um, you know, is about Bob Dobbs and you know the Bob religion Dobbs. of That's it. Slack. And uh, we had the book, man, and the book kept getting passed around and passed around. And suspect, I'll call him suspect two, um, ended up with the book, and the book could really. Um, affect you in not productive ways and he ended up making a stencil which is available in the book although the book says not to do and uh and doing that going on the the spray paint spree back in south green right that's funny i remember that so it was there i guess i lived there it would have been two years after that i remember suspect one's first name but i'm not going to mention i'm going to try not to mention any more names just to try to protect the innocent me my my reputation has already been slandered, so I guess... Uh, yeah. Right. I and, put up, and just try not to think about the 15 you've already said. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I mentioned on my... Uh, my um, uh, I won't talk about that either. That's just going to be in trouble. Uh, <laughs> I know. So anyway, it is a little hard, but I do feel like, ah, we're old. Who cares? <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> I don't care. Whoever's listening yeah. to this isn't going to care. So. Yeah, I'm no longer a top secret clearance 06 in the military, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah, you're good now. You wouldn't want to know me, you know. You wouldn't want one of those guys to come over 
to interview me. Although I did do several of those interviews for friends. I got it. I remember in 88, I had one and they went to my neighbor's house and first time I got it and they said, uh, they didn't know me. And she's like, Tim, someone came to ask about you. And I, I thought you're in trouble. So I just said, I didn't know you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thanks a lot. Uh, they already know that you know me. Military stuff you guys are talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Like when you get a clearance, they come and talk to your, uh, they do interviews with you and your friends and the place you work. And now they do, they used to just kind of call and talk for a few minutes. Now they sit down with like an hour with everyone. Like the last couple I've got are much harder to get than it used to be. That's a fact. Yeah. And then they piggyback friends too. So they'll talk to friends of friends. They really go a lot deeper than they used to. Damn. That's hard. All right. So, All right, so after Smith House to Franklin Avenue, I think. Oh no, that's not. Yeah, thirty nine Franklin. Mm-hmm. Um. So it was me. Uh, suspect fours five and six. Uh, <laughs> two females and me and another guy. Um, that was a pretty cool house. So the first, I guess, quarter. I'll break it up in quarters. Went real smooth. You know, everything was cool. Mm-hmm. Second quarter, um, the other male in the house decided he was a nudist and just walked around naked. And um, that kind of freaked out the two females who were living with us, the two women. <laughs> and so I think they found, and they were really cool. I'm still friends with one of them today. Um, it, you know, so, you know, the one guy just decided to walk around naked and, and that was just what he was going to do. Not in a sexually offensive manner, just a... Uh, he wanted to be naked. It was his house, and you know that was what yeah. was going to happen. So okay, whatever. I wouldn't be digging it either. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like I might be with the girls. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's well, your is house. He sitting and all, on so. like couches with that. Does he have a towel yeah, before I, he sits on the communal? He might have put a towel down. I don't remember. I mean, it didn't but, last but long. Sweat everywhere. <laughs> he was a good friend, and by that time, you know, the code of the street had already kicked in, and so we weren't much questioning anything short of assault and murder. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's just naked. That's cool. Everybody, yeah, he's just naked. Thank bleeding. God. Yeah. No knives. Yeah, nobody bleeding. We're fine. So that house disintegrated. Um, I stayed. Several people came and went over the years. By the third quarter, I guess it would have been the spring of '86. Is that right? No. '87. Uh, yeah. Um, all the utilities have been cut off. Water, electric, gas. So we were cooking, essentially camping in the empty shell of a, what was once, you know, a functioning house. We got water from uh, neighbors across the street who were friends. Um, oh, my gosh. To flush the toilet. You know, we cooked on Coleman stoves. Where'd you shower? Uh, that's a good question. Probably at friends' houses. I can't remember. I, there may not have been a lot of showering going on. <laughs> I don't... Yeah, I mean, buckets they, in the bed. Naked non-showering dudes is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> With no utilities. I want to be, hey, let's warm up, buddy. Come on over. <laughs> and, you know, meanwhile, I'm still pulling good grades, um, amazingly. And this is before I had started to drop in and out. Um, God, where'd I go after Franklin? I guess after Franklin, it was out to the country in a couple of different places. And I finally ended up back on Franklin in the hundreds in a great house with uh, Ken Havens, um, Chris Forbes, Matt no Brandon. Names. No, nothing crazy happened at this place. Okay. Um, and who's the other guy? Matt Brandon, Chris Forbes, Kenny. I guess that was the house, the four of us. It was just like a regular college house at that point. Um, communal cooking, eating, 
yeah. studying laid back. I mean, kind of boiled out a lot of the the venom out of my 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 system at that point. And I was, I think that was when I was making the push to finally graduate and get out of there. Right. The well, short sorted history. Sure there was a few bouts of couch serving and homelessness in, interspersed, but that's the the framework of it. <laughs> but you All made it work, out. man. Yeah, it, it essentially worked more or less. Now, did you play in bands? Yeah, I played. Um, me and Greg Butts. Uh, he was called Ernie back then. Um, we uh, used to go play at the Hangar Fives open. So most of the bands that that we would have known, including the Carolina Peaches, uh, Electric Ozone Band, Appalachian Death Ride, um, all started at the Hangar 5 open mic. Hangar 5, I don't think survived past maybe my sophomore year. Yeah, no, we so talked about the Hangar. And yeah, because I had a you guys talk about the hangar. bartender there. Yeah, and I was a fan of the Hangar because we were like Roz is in Jefferson and I was at uh, Pickerington, so that was an easy walk to the Hangar freshman year. Yeah, all the magic happened at the hangar, man. I met a lot of uh, people I would have never run into short of. And the, whoever, I think it was Greg Miner. I can't remember who ran that open mic, but, man, it was a great open mic. Very uh, um, open, you know. There wasn't a lot of editorial control, like, you can't play because you suck. Because that would have, like, pretty much cut everybody I knew out, except for maybe Mark Lauchy and Noel Rockwood, who are <laughs> already accomplished musicians. Well, but you know, so, I remember I remember seeing good bands there too. Like, sure, you know, maybe somebody like the Outlaws or someone to play there. Maybe not like that. I, I don't know, but I remember seeing like saw Greg Allman band there. Yeah, so like exactly like bands of that caliber there. Yeah, so that was the yeah, Rotsy was people hang out that hung out there. The rugby people hung out there. Um, it was just like a lot of different people were hanging out at that place. You know, it was a cool place. Yeah, it was a like get get fucked up bar for sure. Yeah, I mean, the open mic was just like, oh, Hooli's after that was kind of the place that had the open mic, or, um, and it just wasn't as good, you know, it was more uh, edited, you know, the people who were running it, you know, had a certain sense of what music was, and pretty much just discounted anybody I knew, but uh, the Carolina Peaches started there, Mark and Noel used to play duets, um, I played with Ernie, uh, and you're a bass, used, bass player, right? I played guitar then. And then everybody played guitar, so I was like, yeah, I'll play bass, no problem. Because I was kind of at the bottom of the pile of guitar players, but it put me in the upper, you know, upper third of bass players. Cause in, the, in the magic quadrant? In the magic quadrant, right. <laughs> of people who were willing to switch, you know, which I was, so. And then, Did you like um, getting bands in high school? or um, um, I played with some neighborhood out. kids in high school. I actually dug up a tape. And we're playing um, on its Walk on the Wild side, um, Cocaine by Eric Clapton, um, <laughs> a couple other songs, oh, classic rock stuff. One point we were doing a thing that we were calling the Big Dumb Rock Show, which was at the Union. That was what it was called. I forget when it was. It was like over Christmas or Thanksgiving, probably in 88 or 89, maybe 87, where... Um, we just, nobody was in town, and Dave from the Union just said, you can do whatever you want up there. We don't care as long as you sell beer. And so it was just any band, any genre who knew anybody would just go up there and play as long as they wanted. Nice. And so I'd get off work. I think I was working at events then, or possibly O'Hooli's Dungeon, um, but probably more likely events. And uh, every night, it was just a lot of bands. And 
bands like that would have played there. I know that Bonehead Circus played there and a couple of other ones. Hey, did you work at Advance? I had a friend, Pete Sheridan, who worked at Advance. Oh, man, uh, I totally forgot about that place till you just mentioned yeah, it. And uh, Mike, Mike Bushimi was another guy I knew that worked at Advance. Yeah, I wish I could warn you back in the day not to eat at events after what I witnessed there, but... Where, where was it? Like, that's... I'm trying to... Right next that. to the Union. Like, one heading oh, towards yes. Ohulis. The building between the Union and Ohulis, I guess. Well, what okay. I said about events yeah. was uh, I had friends that worked there, and it wasn't even cool enough to get free drinks. Like, I didn't yeah, go in there. <laughs> it was a real corporate place. I mean, we had... I was, you know, prep cooking and washing dishes backstage. I worked... um. Over the years, God, who worked there? Not years, but over probably the year I worked there. Uh, Jeff Wool worked there with me. Um, Pat Humphreys, which was probably the best guy I worked with over there. Um, you know, on, yeah, we, I probably shouldn't say this. On Sundays, they had this breakfast, I don't know, buffet or whatever. So when it was over, they'd bring all the food back. Okay, throw it away. So, man, we'd get brand new garbage bags, chuck it all in there, you know, everything, whatever the French, whatever was left over, all in one bag, pass it out the back door, you know. Bring it back to the brothers and sisters for, you know, free brunch on whatever day. That was probably Saturday or Sunday. That's awesome. Yeah. Bag brunch. Way to go. <laughs> Bag lunch, that's right. Complimentary. Did you ask, uh, how many jobs did you have when you were there? Well, so I worked most of the kitchens. I worked at Hooli's for probably six or seven months washing dishes down in the dungeon there. I worked at events, um, washing dishes, then prep cooking. Um, I worked at this crap hole called Bradley's, which did not last very long, but I worked there probably half the time it was open. Um, I was trying to, you know, be a fine dining establishment in Athens. It was ridiculous. Um, and then I worked for a couple of years for some roofers, um, whose names I'm not going to mention, but guys that lived out in the county, um, really good guys. I'd been a carpenter in Massachusetts. Uh, union apprentice carpenter um and so i had some skills enough carpentry skills and i'd put on a couple of roofs before i got out there and uh um what's his name uh this is terrible i can't remember his name we're friends on facebook c cutcheson's brother john was in duke was his nickname then hooked me up with these guys and it was a good gig i was getting paid decent money um i was not in school at the time and so, yeah, I put a lot of roofs on out in Athens County, in and about. Nice. nice. That's, that's a good breath of work, too. I worked, <laughs> yeah, for, I worked at a Hunter Hardware. I worked for Scott Hunter, who owned Hunter Hardware, fixing up his rentals one summer. And that was a fun job. Just like. Oh, yeah, that sounds cool. Like that. Hey, so you get when you graduated finally, um, like time to get out. And then tell me about your archive and, and getting, finding, bringing, kind of keeping all these fun memories. Uh, what I think you have is, is a big list of, of bands, and you're just kind of getting people to send in memories and, and audio and video clips of OU. But tell me well, if sure, yeah. or not. So, yeah, so I left um, left um, Athens in, I guess it would have been the summer of 92. Um, came down here to Austin, temp for a while, got a master's degree, did a little military service, um, ended up as a librarian for the public libraries uh, after a lot of carpentry and cabinet making and um, fine furniture making, which I really loved um, and which I may be getting back into, but uh, and then Austin public library for a minute and then university of Texas at Austin, 
for seven years um, as a tech. Um, and then the development guy that worked for the college that I worked for ended up becoming the director of the foundation for the place where I work now, the LBJ Presidential Library, uh, which is a presidential archive. I work for, on the foundation side, but I'm responsible for um, almost all of the ar digital archival holdings. Ah, so archiving kind of became a thing. Yeah, librarianship kind of morphed into archiving. I mean, I'd recorded, um, we didn't even talk about the Grateful Dead, which is probably a good thing, but I'd recorded the Grateful Dead a lot um, over the years. Like what's it's a just, lot? Like how many shows? Uh, I saw a lot of shows, probably just south of a hundred. Wow. Um, maybe recorded a fifth of those. But, um, you know, it was something that, uh, you know, and I, I guess during my whole time in Athens, I collected a lot of stuff like um, band posters, uh, handbills, Ethelred stuff, anything weird, you know, kind of that, that had a lot of Chris Beaster art. Chris Beaster, um, a guy I played with guitar. I played guitar. I played bass for in ADR. Um, yeah, I hung out with him uh, this past Mom's Weekend. Oh, did you really? And he hung out with me and my son. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> yeah, Chris is a great guy. Um, yeah. He's probably the greatest guitar player I've ever played with in a couple of different genres of music. Certainly wow. um, heavy rock and roll and uh, like... Um, uh, and I don't know what you call it, yeah, Americana-style guitar. The guy's a talented guy. Damn, I got to see him play again. I guess you he do. plays every week at the Casa. Yes, he does the Casa open mic, and he plays at a new place out in the Plains. Um, God, I don't remember the name of it. But um, but anyways. So, yeah, so he's a, also an incredible visual artist, and he would just, you know, while you were hanging around doing whatever it was we were doing, He'd grab a pizza box or a newspaper or a plank of wood or anything else that he could and 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 made art on it. And I collected tons of that stuff. Um, that was smart of you to keep that stuff. I yeah, so I guess foresight. Kind of <laughs> yeah, archival blood in my veins. I don't know. I don't know why I did. I think because I I realized we were involved in a pretty unique experience. That, and there was, man. I mean, it, it, listening to this probably you say, oh, this guy's an idiot and a slacker. I mean. There definitely was a lot of that, but man, I mean, there was a lot of music, a lot of art, a lot of uh, just um, creative stuff that went down that produced a lot of, um, you know, output tangibles, you know. So the way the the, the AthensOhioArchive.org started was, um, so three of us just got to talking on Facebook Messenger about the fleeting nature of cool stuff posted to Facebook, right? So... Um, Somebody remembers something, posts a video, posts some audio, posts an image, posts a handbill, band poster. Man, it's gone in days, right? You can't ever find it again. So we're like, right. okay, man, we got to do something about this. So it started with our three um, hordes of of collected works. You know, all our handbills, uh, posters, all our recordings, um, all the video. And then we kind of, you know, it really, it, all it is, um, it's slowly kind of concentrically, uh, you know, you know, you chuck a, a rock in, in Lake Erie, right, Roz? You got a nice lake place. Yes. I've thanks. seen, it's amazing. Um, you know, the rings go out. And so that's kind of how the archive grows. Somebody will say, uh, oh man, you know, I got this great tape of this. And so we'll say, man, let's get it, get it to me. 
you know, digitize it or get me the tape. I'll do. So we can, it's kind of just a word of mouth thing. You know, somebody um, will solicit like uh, we just got a bunch of great stuff from Robert Rial, who is in a, a bunch of crazy bands that were just after my time there, like some really progressive rock and roll. Um, and it's just it's neat. Like the lot, you know, we have uh, recordings from the Crunch, um, ADR, Snapdragons. Uh, I'm dying to get some peaches in there. I'm twisting arms. I haven't had much luck. Maybe this will put some pressure on on the boys, Mark and Nolda, to make that happen. Um, I forgot about that. That's uh, that's awesome. Uh, one of our previous podcasts, we had um, Ethel Red's daughter on, and oh wow, he, he said that uh, she actually has some of the things that she kept, but 98 percent of his, the stuff he destroyed, and she had some prints that he said that. You know, they could put out, and she has maybe a, a limited number of each one. I'm going to Columbus this weekend, and hopefully I run into her and get one. Because oh, you're cool. right. And I had a friend, uh, one of my good friends who since passed away, uh, took pottery. And I have some of his stuff that I collected. Like, he was throwing it all away. I'm like, hey, man, give that to me. And I'm glad I did. Yeah. And, and, and it's just good memories. It's all just fun stuff. Sure. A lot of, you know, man, uh, the one, the hallmark of Athens, my time in Athens, I have never in my entire life – um. Uh, it's not 100% true. I, I really, I've never been around a group of nicer, um, more open, more creative people. You know, everybody was up for either doing something or making something or playing something. I, I was never turned down for any any um, any request, regardless of how. And one time, me and Tom Sweet, who is a roommate of mine, just drove around the county getting high and calling uh, local radio stations and talking about cattle mutilations that we hadn't witnessed. I mean, you know, we just dreamed it up and did it. And, there, and there's people that were game for that. You know, I mean, we, uh, we I would think set. it was out in the country too. It was kind of like you felt like you could just do whatever because you were. Oh man, there's very little controls in Athens. I, right. I, I talk about that with people a, a I never lot. remember seeing police. Do no, you? no, never. <laughs> Not University you, officials, you didn't, have, you didn't have fights. Like I had friends that went to Ohio State, and I'd go see them, and we were like in a city, and police people were getting arrested, and people were in fights. It was never like that in no. Athens. Like never, it, you were never uncomfortable going. And you anywhere. could walk everywhere. It was yeah, you know. and there's no like bad parts of town. No, no. I mean Athens. Right. I mean, I'll, I'll tell two stories that probably I shouldn't shouldn't tell either. Um, so one night, and Roz will know these folks. We, me, Tim. Henry and Rick Lucas. Yeah, they're not going to mind if I tell this one. Um, Suspects 28 and 29. Yeah. They uh, literally almost suspects 1, 2, and 3 in the Marietta Huskow. But uh, (laughs) we had driven up to Cleveland to see somebody. It might have been Frank Zappa. It might have been – I'm not going to speculate. Some shows. So we're pulling through Marietta, I don't know, 03 – 0430, somewhere along those lines, right? In Rick's crapped out, piece of crap, vibrating, uh, diesel, non-turbo Volkswagen Rabbit from the 40s. Um, I'm sure it was lightly, if at all, registered. I definitely and, remember uh, that car. <laughs> oh, man, it was terrible. You know, go, making a road trip to Cleveland from Athens up and back in that thing, it wasn't worth the road trip almost. So anyway, we're pulling through Marietta. Um, some of the local constabulary pull us over, look at us, you know, shine their lights in our faces. 
You know, it's just like a Cheech and Chong movie. You know, we all have long hair. We're, we're looking very bad. Um, takes our licenses. He goes, oh, you guys are from Athens County? We're like, yeah, yes, sir. He's like, how about this? Go back to Athens County and stay there. Yes, sir. He didn't toss us. He didn't walk us as breathalyzer. He just told us to go back to Athens and stay there. Okay. I can live with that. Long-haired hippies belong. Yeah, I wish I wish that happened every time I got pulled over. I'm like, thank you. I mean, I, if he would have tossed the car, he would have found you know reason to put us put us up for the evening. No question, if not longer. Other Athens story. So they use Zoltan. Is that's, that's a, a cool name, by the way. Very cool name. A super um, impressive, intelligent uh, guy, rugby player down there. He was there, and I didn't know this the whole time, on a military scholarship. He was there probably, I don't know if it was ROTC or what, getting a degree, and he'd already been commissioned. I'm not quite sure the, the chain of events, but he, um, we're still friends. We still talk all the time. Uh, not all the time, but we do talk. Um, he ran these recruiting drives off of Scripps Hall or the, whatever the engineering hall was that was near the bookstore. Yeah, and they'd repel down them. Right, they do the rappelling, yeah. and I climbed my, my hairy, hippie, lame ass up there one day, and I told him straight up, I said, you know, you can just look at me and, and you know, guess that I have no intents and purposes of going in the military at this time. He's like, hey, it doesn't matter. It's not a requirement, and every year he would do that. It was two or three years I went, and he'd, you know, he'd, he'd set me up, and I'd rappel up and, you know, rappel down Scripps Hall a couple of times, and... It was great. I mean, that's like one of the, like an example of, you know, Zoltan very, um, you know, would have been kind of a different group of people than than who I was hanging out with. Right. And we mixed real well and became, you know, really on and off lifelong friends. He, he's come to, he uh, was stationed down Fort Sam uh, in San Antonio and ran a wounded warrior battalion down there. And we got to hang out a couple of times, which was cool. Uh Hey, well, so tell us more about the archive. So what, what you guys started out, the three of you kind of, consolidated and do you have a website are you keeping all this on the cloud like yep we uh we have, okay so we do a couple of, we have a website where everything's hosted um we use some software that we use here in the building that i was familiar with that kind of lends itself pretty decently to um archiving materials making them easy to browse making them easy to search making them easy to find um and so you know we use that so i was familiar with it i host it um the archive doesn't take any donations or any money. We just lose money on the project, which is the way we want it to be. It'll never make any money. It'll never. Have I know any a podcast like that. Yeah, <laughs> it just keeps everything you know on the on the level playing field. Um, so yeah, there's a website. We also load all the stuff into another website, um, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with, called archive.org. So archive.org does a lot of different stuff. Um, they host a lot of music. They have the Wayback Machine, which is a um, a tool to look at a website going back to its inception. So if you wanted to see what CNN looked like in 1982 or whenever it came online, you can go back there and it'll show you the homepage and it doesn't have the whole site. So there's no functionality, but it'll, it gives you an idea of what the website looked like. It, it has the uh, entire Grateful Dead archive, some like 3,500 shows um, over 30 years. And so we, and you can load stuff up. Anybody can. So I consider it, permanence you know what i mean it, yeah that's it, great i uh i'm i was in my military unit was a 29th infantry division like uh 
on Nor- first on Normandy Beach and Saving Private Ryan that patch. And so I've done a lot of like digging through that and written some articles on that. But the archive does collect everything. And you say you have a, your your site. Like where do the people go to check it out? Because the fact that it's all well categorized is huge. Yeah, it's um, Athens, Ohio, Archive dot org. Sweet. I'm checking it out right now to make sure I'm not lying. I got it bookmarked. Yeah, that's right. And you're racing all the please donate now stickers. Yeah. <laughs> now there's yeah, yeah right. No, it's a it's a money losing affair. That's you know that everything I did in Athens was, and I figured there was no reason to change now. You know, um, yeah. So it's the kind of thing like if it, there is no um, criteria other than I guess some loose affiliation with with someone's time in Athens. Either a band they played in, um, a band they really liked that they ended up recording or getting a recording of. And anything we get, we always kind of provenance back. So if somebody gives me a recording of some band that they weren't part of, I get a hold of them, make sure everything's cool, um, you know, that they want it posted, that they don't have any problem posting it, that kind of thing. So we check everything out. We don't post anything without anybody's permission. Um, so, yeah, I mean... It, it grows slowly. People, um, it, there is some work involved. If you have a tape, you got to get it digitized somehow. Not super hard. Um, or you got to mail the tape to Meadley or, or a couple other people. Um, so it grows slowly, but it does grow. I mean, we go through spurts like, um, you know, somebody will pass away and that'll spur a whole lot of action. You know, people coming for, come forward with things they had, um, media and that kind of thing. Um, that just happened with Lowell Jacobs, unfortunately. Um, Rip brother. But, uh, or, um, you know, that kind of thing. That's really how it works. Somebody will see something that they liked on there and say, hey, you know, I got a, we just got a Snapdragons recording from a Snapdragon fan. I remember that band. I remember, like, seeing that band advertised more than seeing them. That was another Steve Ertz band, I think, that I went with him to, that I would have normally gone with. Yeah, they were great. Um, I still, I'm still friends with almost all of them. I just played, uh, we went, I was back in Athens in May, um, and I played for the Peaches. I played for ADR. There were some other great bands. The Sacred Rats played. Um, Snapdragons played. I heard played. about that. It was a fundraiser or something? Yeah, Rick had a stroke. I'm sure you heard that, or maybe you haven't. I, I did, yeah. And so he's down there in, um, I that guess. That was for Rick. That was yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, it was an excuse to get together. And, any you know, we actually made, I think, 1500 or something like that. And we gave it, you know, everything went straight to Lucas. Um Nice. So you got to see Athens. Do you, have you gotten back there a lot since you graduated? I haven't. I've been back, let's see, four times. since I, after, Right after I graduated, um, we went back a couple of times. I think we went for New Year's 93. Um, and then there was a big um, gap in there. I went back in 2015 for Bloodstock. Uh I went back to show both my kids the school. They gave both my younger son got a full ride to OU. And it was just, I couldn't sell it correctly. You know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, it took them both there. We both had a great time hanging out with a lot of people that I still know there, which may have been a detracting factor, actually. <laughs> my kids are a lot smarter than me. And I guess starting out their college career in the whole 
party wise was probably something they weren't they didn't see as a positive. But um, the full ride would be a positive. Like my son, very positive. Couldn't have got that, and I should. I don't know why I didn't say no. You have a full ride. You're going. I don't care where where it is. That's that's what I should have said. So I have one son ended up in Texas State down San Marcos, and my younger son's up at Colorado State in Fort Collins. Yeah. Well, you don't really see. I mean, probably not a lot of people from Texas go to OU. (laughs) There was one other person in. You know, they they have this huge, like this really rigorous. well-organized program now, you know, when they, you go to visit the school and they say, okay, if you're from Texas, stand up. And a couple of people stand, stood up and it turns out there's another kid from Austin there, which we, we found pretty surprising. But oh my God. I am shocked. I think both my kids would have loved going there. It just didn't, you know, it didn't happen. Up, oh, their loss. Their loss. <laughs> my loss. Cause I was planning on visiting a whole lot, you know, I know I get to go all the time. It's fun. It's really fun. And, you know, I'm thinking about uh, how I really got to love live music when I was in Athens and how when I was in high school, I didn't even get it at all. And it, uh, I really discovered music in college. And I think you were a large part of it, being part of the Athens community. And I still see your concerts all the time. Music. <laughs> Thank I, you. I, you're welcome. Um, that makes me happy that, that that's the case. I mean, it, Athens at, at the end of the day was one of the most musical places I've ever been. You know, either people playing or or just, you know, music people. Everybody from Athens was a music person, you know, at some point. Um, and then they got there and it was just a cool place to be. I mean, I have no complaints. Well, I've said it before. Roz and I were talking. Like, I don't remember, like, bands just being terrible. Like, I kind of liked all bands there. Like, I think some people would get a little jammy, perhaps. Uh, uh, but I don't even remember that so much. I'm, I, that'd probably happen now if I went there. But uh, I remember just always seeing good live music there. Yeah, there was uh, – yeah, there was a lot. I mean, it, it was so much fun because, you know, you know, I was in, let's see, I guess – Mobius Cobius, which was kind of a, a edgier. Um, right, who played guitar in that band? That was me, Rick Lucas, and Tim Henry played guitar. Uh, John Spataro, Rip yeah, played was, in bass. Uh, Chris McKee drummed. That was a great band, a lot of fun. And then I was in the Electric Ozone band with the Ozoner and uh, Beaster, uh, Chris Henry. And for a while, K, uh, KC was in there, and then ADR was kind of the last band I was in. But you know, it's just something always going on down there. There's you, if you were bored in Athens because what you, you wanted to be, you know, one because there wasn't anything happening. Go listen to live music and drink a bunch. Yeah, there's just a <laughs> lot of good times hanging out with Roz and um, Stephanie Tarkowski, um, uh, Fish, Fish, uh, Cindy. Yeah. yeah, that is Cindy. Um, yep. Emo. Uh, yeah, but I've stayed good friends with Emo, which has been great. So. That's cool. I saw her when I was down there this last time. and We talked for a while. It was really cool. I'm so glad she never left. <laughs> yeah. So, Roz, did Emo go out with Tim Henry? Uh, yes. Or they lived they in the did. house there. So, I remember 
So I didn't know him. I remember once there – I might have said this before that a bunch of – like his friends, maybe it was you, Adam, that didn't know it. They drove to Marietta to get a pizza from this guy. Oh, yeah. That made the best pizza in the world. I'm like – He did. Really? That's like that, – that was like a 45-minute drive. Oh, yeah. Like, we made that road trip frequently. I'd go right yeah. – I'd drive there from, from Austin right now if the guy was still in business. <laughs> that's, a, yeah, that's like what a quality statement of, of, of food there. Roz, you must have made that road trip at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very familiar to me. Yes. <laughs> Pietro or whatever. But I don't even think the, the place didn't even have a name on it. It literally just said pizza. It was something about that sauce. It was really good. But, like, who was, what was the Marietta connection to that? Uh, well, I don't know how we found the place, but, like, the guy was, like, a pizza guy. You know what I mean? He wasn't, like, a guy that made food. He was, uh, he was like, a former OU prof or Ohio State, probably actually um like a science guy a physics guy and he just like physics you know he um scienced out pizza and he figured it out like how to properly brown cheese guy used like imported ingredients it wasn't like going to i don't know like a late night pizza i'm sure you had no we already had that we had a, a guy on that used to work there was a manager there jason lyman right so and he told us all a bunch of this that was that was a phenomenal pizza Mike Kleiman, the guy that, that owned and ran that place, used to go dumpster dive this place in Marietta to try to suss out the um, the recipe. He used <laughs> nice. to literally go into the guy's dumpster and figure out what he was trying to figure out what he was doing. Yeah, and so, a, lot yeah of that, this, a lot of that crowd worked at late night too, so that was probably the part of the connection. Like someone, oh yeah, late night was made it made the made the trip with him to to check it out. Oh so, man, yeah. I ate my body weight in shrimp and pineapple pizzas at late night pizza. Oh, shrimp and pineapple. That's right. <laughs> do you guys, do you, Roz, do you have a cutter? No, I wish I don't I did. either. I wish I did too. Well, Jason says that they, him and his friends, they all worked there. He was a manager there and they got together and they would have parties. They all lived in Columbus and they replicated the pizzas. Wow. They kept doing it until they fully replicated. Like we got, he said, but the guy was always kind of trying to perfect his sauce. So it changed always a little bit. Right. But he says, we, we have nailed the taste. And uh, we always said, if this podcast gets big enough, we'll have a reunion there. He said, he's going to come down and him and his buddies are going to get together and recreate. Oh, dude, if you start making late night pizzas, I'll be in on that for sure. Yeah, that, that would be like a great thing yeah the pizza man god he was the, like the pizza man was like the yeti he was like an epic figure he was like um prometheus or uh um you know johnny appleseed or something he was just like a guy that in mythological proportions like he would magically appear with you know late night pizza and he would take bong hits for you know tips and hang out for a while God, man, those are good times. <laughs> I know. I think you kept them in business for the years you were there. I think they went out of business after you left. <laughs> yeah, so Athens had good food as well as good music. It did, man. I uh, when I was washing dishes at Ohulis, you know, they used to what was left of that Irish stew that used to sit in that crock pot. You know, they bring it down to wash it. There was always some in there, and man, the Ohulis like dishwashing dungeon was. One of the most gnarliest places I've ever worked. It was like just a dirt floor. I can imagine. Crap hole where you couldn't stand up straight. Uh. And so Noel was cooking. And so like Noel would get done first and then he hey, would wait, just come. Did you, did you say you can't stand up straight? No, like, you couldn't stand up straight down. like that and like there's no way I could work. In yeah, it was maybe five feet. <laughs> they didn't awful. have a dishwashing machine so it was hand washing. Noel would get done cooking, dump all his crap in my area. So I'd have to watch that. Then the uh, stew would come down, 
which was the highlight of the shift because I'd eat what was left. And so I'm down in there, you know, hunched over this like crock pot, like just, you know, you know, probably hand eating the stew. And the owner came down and he just looked at me and he didn't say anything. He just turned around and went back up. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly Crow worked there, man. I mean, Athens was just like a, I wonder sometimes if it actually happened because I'm, you know, it's, it, it, it's the exception that proves the rule, I guess, is what it is. Yeah, that's a, that's a great statement. I, w- I wonder if it even happened. Like, it's like, you know, this this happens. I tell my friends now that I work with here, I met in Richmond, and my stories. And one guy's like, Tim, you just kind of just make up these stories. I'm like, no, these things really happened. And they, uh, it's just like kind of unbelievable. And I'm like, no, that's just what happened in my life. And uh, I promise I didn't make any of it up. Yeah, dude, I'd temper the stories when I first was telling them down here because people wouldn't believe you. So I'd cut I'd cut facts out to try to make them more. Hey, yeah, we knew guys that grew pot. And then come the fall, you know, we'd go out to their place and they'd give us some. We'd take it into town, cook it in the oven to get it dried out and smoke. I mean, you know, crazy stuff. I don't know. It was good times. Yeah. I'm glad I – I don't know how I found Ohio University from the suburbs, the metro west suburbs of Boston, Massachusetts – but I'm glad I did. Because Boston's not a college town. Not me. Athens totally corrupted me. <laughs> Athens was a pretty corrupting force, but in a friendly way. But I loved it, yes. Yes. But you know what? This is kind of true. I was thinking about this uh, with all the opioid problems and big drug problems. And, and people do their share of partying in Athens and a lot of weed smoking. But I don't have any Athens friends that that have bit the dust over that. I mean, I have way more high school friends and things that that's taken a hold of than really college friends that heavy drug use has killed them. There's one guy I knew, uh, you got know a guy named Fran that, uh, sure. Yeah. yeah I was going to mention. Yeah. That's the only one that I knew that kind of took its toll. Yeah. I, mean, I knew, but like, I mean, just, that was just kind of for all the partying that went on there. Like it didn't somehow people kind of like, we're all here today talking about it. it you know, somehow it didn't, well, I mean, place. at least in my experience, like the partying was most almost solely cheap beer and pot. I went, nobody I knew really, you know, had cocaine or, and it wasn't until the very end that people started playing around with heroin. I mean, the very, very end, you know, that's kind of, Fran had moved to New York. I mean, we were very good friends. We lived together for a while and um, I went to his funeral out in San Diego. I mean, he was, he was a great guy. New York City wasn't a great place for him to be. It's yeah, just uh, I worked too in the big hole in the wall bowl. for like he yeah. worked there probably like four years as well. Yeah, that that was that was sad. Very. Well, hey, listen. Uh, before we wrap up, Adam, we always like to say, what do you, what do you like most about Athens? Like, what what's your fondest memory? And people, what made you connect most with OU and Athens? Wow, let's see. Um, my fondest memory of my time in Athens. Um, you know, I'd probably say I really dug going out to Moonville and swimming um, up by the, you know, the old trestle and the tunnel there. Uh, oh, was that know, the skinny dipping hole? Yeah. The, well, not Galganooza, but like. Um, oh, that was Galganooza. Yeah. It was kind of a creek that ran out. You can still, they made the uh, railroad tracks into a, uh, what they call it, rails to wheels or something it's like a hike and bike trail now rails, just a, rails to trails rails to trails you know it's a spooky old uh um 
train tunnel and there was a trestle there as well that kind of had another line going across and I had great swimming hole. And man, I just used to go out there with all manner of friends and people and it was just a day, you know, I mean. Just a bunch of naked dudes swimming. <laughs> now there's some, no, some females came too. You know, snakes would come crawling out of the thing and climb up trees. I mean. I feel like I have. You you I definitely have, went out there because me and Tim used to go all the time. Yeah, I, I feel like I went there, but I can't remember anything. Um, another memories was like when the Frontier Room used to serve beer, like, and you'd run into one of those, like, the weather in Athens was, I wouldn't call it disagreeable, but it seemed like it was either hot and humid or bitter cold a lot of the time. But there were those days, like, the air would be dry you know, maybe 75 degrees. We'd all end up at the front room in between classes, um, you know, out on that porch they used to have, that outside area. I um, know. That was the best. If you had like God. an hour to kill between class. Yep. Yep. I mean, so many horrible, you know, so many both valiant and um, tragic uh, adventures were hatched at that place, sitting out there on that porch of the front room. And it was just it was just good, good times, man. Good old, good old American fun, you know. Bunch of dumb kids, right? Speaking for myself, anyway. <laughs> I took a lot of reprogramming. I was not a smart kid when I got to OU. The very so I landed in OU. I hung around with some of the guys in my dorms. I wasn't in Crawford, which was like the big hall where most of the people me and Roz knew, but were hanging out. Um, and yes. so the. People I found were older, like juniors and seniors at the time. Um, a couple of women, um, Maura, uh, Maura JT on Facebook, and Julie Nichols, um, Chris Sherman. And those were the very first people that I, I did any kind of Grateful Dead stuff with. And the coolest part about it was like, you know, I got to go from zero to 60 as far as the uptake on what was happening in Athens. Um just because they'd known the ropes, you know what I mean? So I didn't fall in a lot of the tragic pitfalls. They they encouraged me to study. They say, hey, look, man, you know, you're not going to want to do this, but believe me, do it, you know, blah, blah. Very good role models, you know, older deadheads that I, that I met and hung around with those very first, um, that those first few years till they all graduated and moved away. We went on some, you know, some crazy epic road trips. Road trips like to the East Coast, you know, right. we leave Friday that was a night. Big part of, of OU oh, was God. Like Grateful Dead shows. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, you leave Friday night, drive all night long, sleep a couple hours, goof around, see like Garcia Band or some dead show on Saturday night or maybe Sunday, get right back in the car right after the show and all night or it back to Athens, limp in with your tail between your legs and your homework undone. I mean, it was right. just awesome. <laughs> it was. It was. All right. We'll got to wrap this up. Thanks, Adam. I look forward to talking to you some more. Like, uh, come back when you ha particularly have a great archive find. Come, come tell us about it. We'd love to have you on.